Hi, welcome to Mixed Feelings, a show about news, politics, and pop culture. I'm Quinn Rose, and I'm here with my lovely co-host, Jillian Parker. Hi, guys. I'm Jillian. Hello, and welcome to Mixed Feelings, a podcast about news, politics, and pop culture on the Relay FM network. I'm Quinn Rose, and I am here, as always, with my co-host, Jillian Parker. Hi, everyone. Hi, Quinn. Did you hear my voice break in the middle of the intro? Because I was like, no, not as always. Well... Oh my god, this is getting emotional and we are not even two minutes in. We are about 12 seconds in. Yeah, so we are not really thriving right now. Don't say that. Oh. Hello everyone, welcome to the last episode of Mixed Feelings. We were going to do real topics, but um, none of them worked and we didn't like any of them. And so we're not going to do real topics. Yeah, we're just going to, this next episode is just going to be us talking about whatever we want. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, more specifically, we're going to be talking about the show and a retrospective on the wider world since the show started. We kind of did a check-in around episode 30-ish, which was almost the halfway point. And so this is going to be another sort of meta episode. And also we'll be talking a little bit at the end about what we're going to be doing next and probably saying corny things or whatever. It's fine. But this show is so... We started with the Trump presidency, okay? The first episode was the week before the 2016 election. And um, here's a behind-the-scenes secret. This show probably wouldn't exist if we had started it after the election. If that election had happened, we would have just been like, actually, never mind. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It was, we started developing it in August. Mm-hmm. And so... It was going to cover the election. Uh-huh. Um... And so I, I guess, like, we both expected Hillary was going to win. And so we were like, oh, we can have, like, some debate because I'm not going to agree with anything that Hillary does. And it'll be fun. Um, it wasn't fun. <laughs> narrator voice. <laughs> narrator voice. It was not. Yeah, which is just such a weird thing. But, I mean, we put out the first episode and then the election happened. And I was like, I mean, I guess we're doing this. And we did it. So now we're here. A year and a half later, 70 episodes later, um, and over a year into the Trump presidency. Started from the bottom, and we're still at the bottom. <laughs> Started from the bottom, now we just have higher episodes numbers and have gone nowhere. Actually, that's not true, because we did listen to a little bit of the first episode, and I'm not saying this is the world's best show or anything, but I literally cannot believe any of you listened to that show episode after episode one, because it was very bad. I was cringing. I was like, oh my god. So at least we sort of improved. To be fair, I kind of hate everything I make after about 10 days, so it's not a long shelf life, but I do think that it is particularly egregious. Yeah, it was it was rough, not going to lie. And yet, still better than the Trump presidency. <laughs> well, that's a very low bar, Quinn. I need to have something. How do you think being on this show has changed your perspective of the past year and a half? I think it being on the show just gave me more incentive to be well-informed and just to kind of follow every move of Trump's, which was not, which is not necessarily fun, but I think it definitely changed my perspective for the worse in terms I, in terms of, I no longer have any faith in government, but I mean, I guess that's a combination of, you know, the Trump presidency and my libertarian class. Yeah, I don't think that had to do with this show a lot, actually. Yeah, no. Okay, so let me think. Um, 
I mean, not necessarily, just change your experience. Because I feel like I would have had a very different experience of this time if I wasn't trying to actively read up on it and think about it in order to synthesize that information all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also, like, you've been, you've, you have had a podcast before this, right? Like, solidly mediocre. Yeah. Um, and so this, so you're used to hearing your voice on tape. Way too used to it. Yeah. So I hate hearing my voice on tape. I still hate it. Um, but I also hated it as well. So this is a fun fact about podcasters. So literally everyone in the entire world hates their voice on recordings. It's just terrible. But, um, I've gotten so used to it that I don't mind hearing my own voice at all now, as long as I'm editing if I edit a show, I listen to my voice for hours and I can listen to it after that, whatever. But if I'm on someone else's show and then they edit and put it out, I, I've ripped earbuds out of my ears before. I just can't do it. Okay. To be fair, Quinn, your voice is like liquid silk. Okay. So, um, I can understand you being able to listen to your own voice for hours on end. I could listen to your voice for hours on end, but yeah. So this is not this is not a great example to use. Well, okay, fine. <laughs> Thank you. It's weird though, because most of the people listening to this have listened to our voices for hours on end. Yeah. Why? Yeah, honestly, why? It's definitely been a weird experience. And I mean this show isn't huge, which I'm very grateful for because I don't think I thought through what it means to have a news and politics show very well before I started this podcast. I was like, I have this idea. Let's do it. Oh, God. There's a lot of weird pressure that comes with that, especially in such an unstable time in history and such a painful time in history for a lot of people. And so I think that, especially over the past six months or so, we've found a good balance. And, like, we've we've definitely had a great groove in figuring out what kinds of topics are right for us to talk about and what we feel like we can add to the conversation and all of that. But there, I still, but there's definitely been times when I've struggled with, am I doing a disservice by talking about this incorrectly? Am I talking about incorrectly? What does it mean to talk about something correctly? Who knows? Yeah. It's weird to like sort of feel this responsibility to portray the news accurately. And like we, we always were hesitant to include super important topics that we didn't really understand, you know? So, like, the, the Syrian crisis. Yeah, I mean, it's been a devastating week in Syria, and we're not going to get into that, partially because this is an episode without real topics, but also partially because, and I mean, we've covered it a little bit in the past, but it's there is so much out there that we are not experienced with, and there's not much that we can say there are other voices out there that are actually like on the ground doing the work and living those experiences yeah we can add no value there so i guess this is a question for you quinn um you've spent a lot more time on this show because you get to edit it and god bless your soul for doing that so i guess how do you think has this show at least contributed to your um i guess how has this show influenced you as a person not necessarily just a podcaster, but also a human being. I do feel like the show has helped me be a lot more informed and a lot more invested 
like when you know you're going to be talking about something and that you're going to be broadcasting it to people who at any moment have the power to contact you and demand more information or question what you said and that kind of thing you do you do have to think more carefully about what you're saying and make sure that you really believe and that you're prepared to defend that and so i think that like within the show and within my personal life i've just been more cognizant of that idea and that when people talk about politics and bring stuff up like i'm ready (laughs) yeah yeah quinn has notes and a powerpoint prepared Okay, let's be real. Jillian has a PowerPoint prepared. Oh, girl. I have I have a PowerPoint and, like, several spreadsheets. I mean, I guess that's kind of a good transition in to a question that we were actually asked, which is about how do we talk to parents and other people we're close to about politics? Or not even just politics, but, like, if, like, someone close to you, especially in your family, is exhibiting some kind of, you know, problematic behavior or saying something that makes you uncomfortable in any sort of way, like, how do you handle that situation? First of all, it's very hard. Um, so how I do it is I don't. Don't, uh, don't listen to Jillian. But don't listen to me, yeah. Um, then again, also my views are pretty libertarian, so I feel like they're going to be polarizing no matter what. So I just don't, yeah. Quinn, this, this is probably a better question for you i mean you do you have talked about how you disagree with your parents on certain issues though yeah that's fair i'm the liberal one in my family so imagine how that how that is Mm -hmm. i think about this sometimes i in general i'm very lucky because i do have parents that are very loving and accepting and also just generally great people but there are definitely points at which we disagree or which I mean, I'm just, I'm more liberal than my parents for sure. And it's kind of frustrating because at times I feel like I get asked to speak as sort of the voice of young liberalism or young feminism or, or something like that when I, in a situation that I don't necessarily want that. Um, and I'm like, I'm just trying to enjoy this movie. Please stop asking me about female representation. (laughs) But on the other hand, that's also a lucky thing that my parents do ask me questions about this kind of thing and that they are willing to listen to me we've definitely had minor conflicts um and there's definitely been some butting heads over the past few years about certain things but overall it's just sort of if you are if this is like a parent who is in good faith in a good relationship which is the experience that i'm talking about it's sort of a slow and steady wins the race situation for me it's a matter of like living my life to the best ability that I can live it. And when these conversations happen, just talking openly and honestly about it and not getting defensive and not getting and not dismissing anything. But if there is like, for example, like if there is a term that is a more like better accepted term than um, a parent is using, just saying like, oh, like I understand what you're saying, but I just want to let you know that this is like what, people are more using more commonly now and it is what people find more acceptable now and sometimes that's met with resistance but it's not a matter of just like turning into a yelling match and just being like well you're a bad person if you don't use this word sometimes it's just a, a calm explanation of like this is what this is and like the world changes and that's hard but this is what it is and then coming back to that later and if it happens and if that situation reoccurs, to just bring it up again and mean the same thing, like, hello, still still a different word. 
Yeah, I I feel like it's very hard to do that just in my house because my parents are extremely old-fashioned. Like, we still call the refrigerator an icebox. So that's where we're at. But I, I do think that I have been trying to get my parents to talk more about politics with me and trying to be more understanding. Um, so I, I attempt to spin the situation in terms of like, okay, mom, like imagine this was happening to me, <laughs> you know? <laughs> it's also because of, I think with a lot of young people, I mean, like, I don't know anyone's personal situation, but for me in college, like, um, since I've gotten to college, I've come out and like, I have friends who are from varying races and nationalities and sexualities and all these kinds of things. And so it becomes easier to talk about these conversations because it's like, I can put it in terms of like people that I actually know and people that my parents either know or like know that matter to me a lot. And so that can be helpful too, is like when an issue comes up, because I think that the reason why empathy is lost on these kinds of of issues is because there's no personal connection and a way to help that is to be like well this actually personally affects or like could easily personally affect this person that i know and like here's how that would work and this is why this issue matters Mm -hmm. yeah i mean it's definitely like you said a slow and steady wins the race kind of thing it's just chipping one brick at a time actually that's not the expression for it i don't know what the expression is for that i don't know what you're going for Oh, chipping it, chipping. You've got to keep chipping away at it. Yeah, like a block of ice. Isn't that a thing? I don't think so. Okay, well, anyways. And again, I'm in a lucky place because my parents generally are, well, my parents are technically registered Republicans, but they were registered Republicans like decades ago, and the Republican Party has shifted right, and they were like, what happened? Uh, yeah, yeah, like... I'm a registered Republican, but we all know that I'm not really a Republican. Yeah, so my parents are pretty moderate, so I'm, it's not like I'm trying to, like, fight against someone who is, like, outwardly or, or aggressively, like, racist or sexist or these kinds of things that, um, or homophobic or, like, things that people struggle in their own households and families. And if you're in a situation where you're confronted with that kind of thing, like, my big, biggest advice is to wait until you're in a safe situation. This happens especially with, like, closeted kids in homophobic households. Um, and then once you're in a situation where you have, like, independence from your parents and you're not reliant on them for, you know, food and shelter and love and comfort and all of those good things, to then start breaking down those harder conversations. And the short answer is there's no short answer. It is really hard. And it's just a matter of being very patient and open to having difficult conversations. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important to, in these conversations, like both sides need to not be defensive. Um, And that's the only way, you know, true dialogue can happen. And that's really hard because you can't make someone else be not defensive. (laughs) Yeah. It's extremely difficult. Yeah. But you can be not defensive and being calm and engaged is the best way to make the other person calm and engaged. Yeah, you can't control other people's actions, but you can control your own reaction. So that's the goal. So who in your family listened to Mixed Feelings? I don't know. Too many of them know about it. It's kind of stressful. My parents listen to it sometimes, and if they're listening to this, Hi parents, I love you. (laughs) It's not a secret that I'm more liberal than you are. You tell me that all the time. Said every millennial ever. Yeah, pretty much. 
that's just a generational thing. I mean, my parents are more liberal than their parents. It's just how it works, I guess. Uh, no one in my family listens to this, so that's given me a lot of freedom. Like, random other family members just keep finding it and, and everything, and people in my life. This is I have a serious problem, um, which is I talk incessantly about my podcast because it's my main interest in life. But then people are like, oh, what's your podcast? And I'm like, oh, you know, it's this. And they're like, oh, I should listen. And I'm like, no, you shouldn't. <laughs> because it always makes me weird when people that I know personally listen to mixed feelings just because it's so political and one because like why listen to mixed feelings when you could listen to fun things that don't have to do with donald trump yeah retweet though but also like then they know all of my political views and i'm like uh i didn't consent for you to know all of this (laughs) she says as she posts a podcast publicly i know but i know and i totally get it it's just weird when it's people you personally know okay that's fair that's fair i don't care about all of you people you're great (laughs) thank you for listening to my political views yeah thanks for thanks for putting up with my political views um yeah remember tbt to when quinn didn't realize that i was not liberal or super liberal i mean yeah i think we've mentioned this before but jillian and i were in the process of making this show before i found out she was a republican yeah i think we're better for it yeah yeah we had and that's why it's called mixed feelings or something it's called mixed feelings because of jimmy fallon and we've talked about that before yes yes we have I guess this is a weird meta question, but looking back at the past 69 episodes, is there anything that you would change specifically? Not necessarily about like, oh yeah, we shouldn't have a, uh, we shouldn't have had episode three, um, Zuckerberg means Sugar Mountain. We shouldn't have had had that episode, but like more of a, is there anything that you wish you could have changed about the show in general? Like, do you wish we focused less on politics and more about like pop culture or? I wish we had more time to invest in it. I think that we felt, I think that we established a format for the show and a pattern for the show pretty quickly and that it worked and we kept doing that and that's great. But I do think that if we weren't full-time students and working and doing so many other things at the same time that we could have had guests on and uh, done different kinds of segments and done episodes in different places and that kind of thing. And that just wasn't feasible for us. But in a different world in which we had more time to devote to this, I think it could have been more than it was. Not that I regret what it was, but, like, there's always more possibilities. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, there were definitely some weeks where Quinn would put articles in the Google Doc, and I would, and um, she'd be like, do you want to introduce this topic? And I'd be like, you know it better. And, she, <laughs> and she'd go, so you didn't read it. And I was like, huh, Nope. Yeah, some weeks were harder than others, because sometimes we came in, we were so prepared, and sometimes we're like, I don't know what's happening, and I didn't read any of these. Yeah, and it also helps, like, if something interesting happened that we were both invested in, then it was just a lot easier to to talk about. But sometimes just things with Trump, we were just like, ugh, we have to talk about this, but we don't want to, so... So... What would you change about the show if you could change one thing? I wish I didn't laugh so much on this show. Um... I think your laugh is beautiful. My laugh is the kind of laugh where the laugh is funnier than the joke, Quinn. And yeah. I've accepted this. And that's beautiful. Oh my god. So I think that's... I would change that. I wish that this show had outlasted the Trump presidency. You started at the same time, and he won. Yeah. Shouldn't have won. But we do have to stop, because we're graduating. 
a lot of things are just like ending, um, college, mixed feelings, and it's just a lot. It's just a lot to handle right now. How is your emotional stability, Quinn? So the other day, I was talking to some of my friends, including a freshman who I've only gotten to know this semester, and she was like, oh, like, senior spring finals coming up. Do you feel strong? Excuse me? I had an existential crisis. Like, I just started thinking about that question. I was like, do I, am I, am I strong? Am I? Am I strong? What does that mean? And then I, they, I was just sitting there, like, just sort of thousand yard stare in my eyes. And I like, was just kind of holding my hands in front of me. And my friends were like, are you okay? And I was like, am I strong? She's like, I just, I just meant, you know, finals going into final strong. And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, in the physical sense, I am definitely not stronger. I have the upper body strength of a camel, but, um, I think like, I think what college teaches you, it kind of forces you to be resilient because of just all the negative things that happen. Sorry if you're like not in college yet and you're listening to this and you're getting nervous. It's fine. College as a whole is wonderful. Um, but I don't know. I feel like I've, I'm leaving college with a lot more, I don't want to say experience or knowledge because I'm not that wise, but just like more confidence in my ability to handle things that are thrown at me. Absolutely. College overall has been a really great experience and so much growth. Like I'm, I'm almost bitter about how much growth there's been because again, it's often precipitated by negative experiences. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm a completely different person, I think, than not completely different, but I'm very different than from freshman year. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like I'm definitely more cynical and bitter but I mean, aren't we all fair? I would, this semester has been a real doozy for me. And so even just this semester, I'm like, wow, I've grown so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm proud of you, Quinn. Of course, we were listening to the first episode and we sound exactly the same. I mean, we're better at podcasting now, I guess, hopefully, but we're talking, we're just in the first episode. I'm like, wow, I just got up and I'm like, Quinn, get your life together. Why are you talking about this on the first episode? Yeah, I mean, I think the only thing that changed is we may, uh, we may use slightly less filler words, but other than that, we are the exact same. I'm not in my pajamas for today's recording, which is actually an achievement for me since we switched to, to since we switched to morning recordings. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm just trying to think. Like, what if I wasn't your co-host? What do you mean? I don't know. I feel like when this idea came came about, Quinn was like throwing feelers out, like, "Oh, like to our to our roommates, like, oh, we can um, if I'm starting a podcast, like, would have, would any of you want to do it?" Um, and then, you know, I was I offered because like I was like, it's super convenient because we're roommates. Um, yeah, we weren't that close when we first started working on the show. Yeah, we weren't. We were going to be living together, but we hadn't lived together before. We were friends. But, um, I mean, because we were living together, obviously, but also because of the show, we got to be really close. Mm -hmm. So yeah, when you listen to the first episode, our friendship is a lie. That's what it is. Yeah. I mean, it's still a lie because Quinn hates me. But. Okay. And I mean, I'm just kidding, obviously. It was not a lie, but we are definitely a lot closer now than we were back in November of 2016. I remember like 
before I knew Quinn and I was talking I was actually talking to Kayla about you and I was like I want to be friends with Quinn she's just like so tall and elegant (laughs) Alex said tall I don't know about elegant okay but you have great posture objectively I just sat up straighter (laughs) do you have a favorite episode like is there one topic that you remember talking about and like loving I can't really think of anything specific right now I am proud of a lot of the conversations that we had around sexual assault in the Me Too movement. I think those were good. And I also just liked when we got to be fun. Mm -hmm. I loved when we were fun because it didn't happen very often because we were usually talking about sad topics like Trump's presidency. But anyways, um, I liked when we talked about the Kardashians. I really knew my, I really had my research done there. Well, at least you were prepared for something. (laughs) That is true, though, and that's like, I mean, I, were ta- I was talking to people who were like, I can't listen to mixed feelings. It's so sad. I used to be so happy, and I'm like, yeah, I know, but we have chapters now, so you can just skip to the last topic where we're actually cheerful for something about something. I wish you could do that with life, and we could skip to the next president, but hey, you know. Hey. You win some, you lose most. There is a lot that we're not going to be covering because we are ending now. Like, I mean, we have the 2018 elections coming up. They're a big deal. 2020 oh 2018 yes yes i'm oh my god yes sorry jillian forgot how american democracy works yeah yeah i did oops (laughs) yikes brutal but yeah people this is since this is the last episode last ditch message lots of people are running for very important positions in 2018 and if you want a chance to fight against trump's policies our best chance right now is to um overturn the senate and the house and that would be great. Obviously, that's oh, takes a lot, a lot of hard work and money and time, and it's just going to keep ramping up and up and up until election day in November. And so, if you are interested in that, and you are in America, sorry, foreign listeners, always get involved and research candidates and donate to candidates you believe in, and we'll see if we can do this. Yeah, I mean, I still think like. I don't know. I feel like an all Republican, like an all Republican Senate and House versus an all Democrat Senate and House is still like not great. Yes, in terms of like checks and balances and stuff. But the thing is, we have a Republican executive branch. um, And at this point, like a, a judicial branch as well, since Trump got to appoint a Supreme Court justice. And so the legislative branch also being Republican is like, it's been a lot. Okay, that's fair. But Trump is not a Republican, gosh darn it. Yeah, but he's doing their policies, so... Mm, not all of them. But a lot of them. Like, it's... Trump is one man, and he's a terrible man, but he's not doing this alone. This is the full executive branch. This is the full legislative branch that is making these things happen. I cannot argue with that. It was factually correct. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I did. Co- I guess calling Trump a terrible man is a normative judgment, but I feel confident in that. So we never answered this one question um, that was left in an iTunes review. So we're going to answer it now. Um, one person asked if you could have either fifty million dollars after taxes. I like that part in your bank account tomorrow, or live forever and never age. Which would you pick, and why? I think I would pick the money. Oh yeah, I'd definitely pick the money. Let's be I- real here. 
But I mean, I have questions. Do you? Is it just that you never age? Are you impervious to damage? If the universe collapses around you, do you remain floating in nothingness for the rest of eternity? I feel like there are just too many loopholes with that kind of live forever thing. Mm-hmm. But the uh, $50 million after taxes, now I can get behind that. Yeah, because like one way, sure, you have tons of time and like time is the most, most valuable human resource, all that, that, all that. But if you have $50 million, you can just pay people to do all of the things that currently take up your time. And then you also have way more time than the average person in your day. Oh, and then you can invest in a bunch of startups and it'll be, oh my God, you can buy stocks. There are two types of people. I was thinking about, you know, a house, vacation, shoes, avocado toast every day. I'm going to build a house out of avocado toast. Yeah, that'll show them. <laughs> that'll get them. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, well, we agree on something. We agree on many things. This is true. We just pretend we don't agree on things for the show. Here's the truth. We do it for the brand. Yeah. Um. The, see, the thing is, actually, like, I'm a libertarian and Jillian is really liberal and we just switched because we thought it'd be funny for the show. <laughs> you can't even say that with a straight face. Grant. I am saying it with a straight face. No, you're not. <laughs> okay, that's not true. It's just Jillian that's really liberal. <laughs> Brutal. Is it a truth? Is it a lie? You'll never know. Unclear. It's a lie. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> One brief interjection, we've never addressed negative iTunes reviews or anything like that, but I just want to share one that has been close to my heart for so long, which is this hilariously passionate review of someone who absolutely hates us. And I take umbrage with some parts of it because he pulls quotes out of context, but he does refer to us as the Amygdala Sisters. He's like, I dub thee the Amygdala Sisters, and I love it. I want that to be my band name. I want to sell t-shirts. It's so good. I just want to give out a shout out to the people who called me either white or leftist in the past because I am actually neither. (laughs) See, that's how you can tell they weren't really listening for that long. Yeah. Well, it happens. It happens. Thank you for all of your reviews, positive and negative. We enjoyed all of them. Yes. Yes, we did. Long live the Amygdala Sisters. <laughs> New podcast name, the Amygdala Sisters. <laughs> Where we just talk about our feelings. I'm telling you, let's start a girl band. <laughs> I also just want to acknowledge some people sent us some very nice emails after we announced the end of the show. Um, and I mean, I will, we will respond to them. Um, but also just, if you are someone who emailed us, we appreciate it so much. And you made us really happy. And we can't believe anyone listens to the show. Uh, let it alone care enough about it to reach out to us and let us know that they enjoy it or that's impacted them in some way and i'm so glad that we didn't ruin all of your lives and that we seem to have done some good things in our time here yeah i mean we really appreciate the nice messages they were they were very i was touched um yeah it's just crazy that like you guys have put up with us for what 70 episodes and we can barely tolerate listening to our first episode let alone you know that repeated more, more and more times. Also, many of you made jokes about how you have mixed feelings about this ending, and I appreciate them all. I just wanted you to know it's been it's been a very punny title over the time that we've had this show, and I mean, more people were like, "I don't have mixed feelings about this." That was yeah. me. Okay, yeah, but also other people. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. I'm saying you're all very fun and clever, and we appreciate you. Yes, and I think having the punny title just makes it more special. I think I need to have that for all of my shows because the thing is, like, my first two shows were solidly mediocre and mixed feelings, which are just really great to make puns out of. 
But then the next one was Corner of the Sky, and you can't do anything with that. Yeah. Yeah, that would be hard to work into casual conversation. Unless you're like me, and you are a musical theater nerd. (laughs) Yeah, except for that. Well, on that note, what are we doing next, Jillian? Yeah, what are we doing next? Well, I'm joining Corporate America, so that'll be fun. Surprise, surprise. Um, yeah, I'll be I'll be working next year full time, so we'll see we'll see that how how that goes. She threatened to deactivate her Twitter account. Oh my God, Quinn, <laughs> tweet at Jillian. Tell her she can't delete her Twitter account. I just I feel like my stuff is not going to be worth keeping up with. You know, like what am I going to say? Ah, yes. The stock market did bad today. <laughs> I need someone to retweet my tweets. Okay, that's fair. I do retweet a lot of Quinn's tweets. You do. It's sometimes, very supportive. Sometimes because I also feel that, but also time other times I don't really know how Twitter works, so I just retweet random, retweet random things. Yeah, Jillian has never really grasped Twitter and just kind of retweets everything, and I'm like, you know that's not how it works, right? And she was like, what? <laughs> yeah, anyways, it's fine. Um, oh, yeah, and then Quinn was like, you need to keep your Twitter because that's the only way we'll stay in contact. And I was like, excuse me? It's true, folks. No, it's not. For the folks at home, Jillian hates me. <laughs> oh my god, Quinn! <laughs> Wait, <laughs> I still can't get over the um, the text. <laughs> okay, so Jillian texted me last week and was like, still good for 10.30, and I said, yep, and then I, we haven't texted in the past week, so she just texted me, retweet, up arrow, on our last conversation. And Quinn was like, lol, we text so much, but yeah, <laughs> 10.30. <laughs> So what are your plans, Quinn? So, um, I do more podcasts than Jillian, as I just mentioned. So if you want to continue hearing my voice, I have a show called Corner of the Sky that is about musicals. And so that is continuing. I also, oh, I mentioned a few weeks ago that, um, I was going to do this thing where I was going to apply to 45 jobs in 45 days. Here's the thing. Got like two days into this project and then discovered a really cool opportunity and immediately changed my mind and my entire trajectory. Ooh, that sounds fun. And when I say discovered a new opportunity, I mean had a really good idea. Yeah, yeah. So I'm actually going to be home for the summer, and I'm going to be producing a narrative podcast that I won't say too much about here, but I'm very excited about it. Um, It's actually, this is our last day recording Mixed Feelings, and it was my first day setting up meetings for this new project that I'm doing. And I will also be continuing to make stuff at Relay at some point in the future. There will be stuff coming out there so i'm not going away forever i'll be back and then oh also after the summer after i finish producing this stuff i will get a job somewhere but who knows about that less important (laughs) yeah i mean well when quinn becomes famous um more famous than she already is just remember (laughs) remember me (laughs) i'm gonna make everybody a promise is that one day i will drag jillian onto another podcast not for a full show but you will hear her voice again. I swear to you. I will guest star in whichever, whatever you want, Quinn. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Jillian, let's, I want you to guest star in my new podcast, which is all about progressive taxation. And I'd be like, no. It's just going to be a sound clip of Jillian screaming. <laughs> <laughs> if, a brief logistical announcement. If you are a Relay FM member who directly sports mixed feelings, first of all, you're lovely. But um, you're going to, you're, 
membership will stop automatically renewing because the show will no longer be renewing. And so if you want to keep getting Relay bonus stuff, you should switch to supporting another show or supporting all the great shows. Uh, so there'll just be a link to that page in the description. You'll probably also get an email about this. I don't really know how it works, but I wanted to let you know so you weren't like, wait, why did I stop getting my membership stuff? Yeah, thanks for supporting us, guys. Like, do we do we support ourselves? Barely. <laughs> you do so much more than we do. <laughs> And I guess the last thing I have to say is just thank you. Thank you for listening. If for some reason this is the first episode you're listening to this show, I'm sorry it's so weird and that we didn't make a last real episode. Yeah, so if you're looking for some hot takes, this episode is definitely not it. Yeah, but if you've been here since episode one or just since last week or whatever, thank you for being here. And good luck with the politics. Yes. We all need that. Well, everyone, I guess this is it. Yeah. I'm not going to give you our contact info because I guess that's pointless now. But if you do want to see any show notes for today's episode or check out past episodes, you can go to relay.fm slash mixedfeelings. Oh, and if you want to keep in touch with us, I guess, you can find me at aspiringrobotfm. And you can find me on Twitter at underscore Jillian Parker. For now. (laughs) For now. Better follow her while she still exists. Oh my goodness, Quinn! (laughs) Jillian, thank you for being my co-host. Thank you for talking with me about all of these bizarre crises and dealing with me when I occasionally have breakdowns during the recording and cut them out later in the editing process. It's always a pleasure not watching your breakdowns. Those make me slightly uncomfortable and sad. <laughs> but everything else, I'm glad I was, I'm glad I'm here for you. I'm Quinn Rose. I'm Jillian Parker. And these were our mixed feelings. Okay, I'm recording now. Wait, make sure you're set with your mic and we can just... I'm with my mic. Okay. My mic and I are one. Okay, ready? Ready. Hi, welcome to Mixed Feelings, a show about news, politics, and... <laughs> I'm Quinn Rose, and I'm here with my lovely co-host, Jillian Parker. Hi, guys. I'm Jillian Parker. Oh, my God. Today, Stop. Cringe. You're doing great. How are you, Quinn? I'm good. It's... Too early. We haven't changed at all. It's no longer too early. It took a really long time to start. I remember this. It was too early when I woke up, and I (laughs) haven't totally woken up yet. Yeah, uh, Quinn and I have this really cute thing that we do where we set a time to record, and then we start an hour later. (laughs) We still do that. Okay, it's only twenty-seven minutes after we've got it down to half an hour. Okay, fair. This is It's only been seventeen minutes since we said we would start. That's fair. Yeah, jumped right into it today. Oh, yeah, we'll record right after I check this email. <laughs> 20 minutes later. Jillian, are you checking Why is this how still? we started our podcast? This is not interesting. <laughs> Why are we trash? You know what? The election is less than a week away. Oh, oh my God. God. It is. It is. Like, this whole election cycle gets progressively more stressful every week. I knew nothing! I'm almost done. I can see the light. It's beautiful. No! no it's a it's not! It's a trap! It'll, it'll be great when the stocks stop fluctuating wildly. Um, Wait, what? 
Wait. Yeah, so basically... Oh, my um, God. The way, like, the, the stock market works, We haven't changed um, at all. Good days and bad days where stocks are really high. And oh, means, my like, God. consumer confidence or confidence in general in the economy is really high. And then there are low days. Uh, and because the election's coming up... This was a so low day. uncertainty. Um, people will know what to expect. Oh, my God. But what was I because saying? Because we're, we're coming up so close and, like... There are some polls. Can I stop this? This is cringy. Closer and closer I kind of love it. And then there's some um, fluctuating just because there's the slight possibility that.